Hello, product innovators. Today, we learn from the head of growth marketing for a hardware startup that accomplished hundreds of millions of dollars in sales on how to launch your product via paid direct-to-consumer advertising. You're listening to the Product Startup Podcast, a show to learn from top leaders in product development, prototyping, manufacturing, product selling, and everything in between. Hosted by Kevin Macko, the leading expert on product development for physical product startups. Sponsored by PTC's two best-in-class 3D CAD product development software solutions, Onshape and Creo. And produced by Macko Design and Invent, the original firm providing world-class consumer product development services tailored specifically to startups, small manufacturers, and inventors. Welcome back, everyone. Today, I'm very excited to introduce Daniel Bischoff to the show. Daniel is the former head of growth at Purple Mattresses. He took Purple from startup to over $200 million in sales in just its first two years on the market. He then spun out as co-founder of his own direct-to-consumer marketing agency called Stoic Yeti, which works with both hardware startups and Fortune 500 product brands. Today, Daniel is going to share some valuable knowledge for inventors, startups, and small manufacturers on what direct-to-consumer advertising is, what you can learn from the Purple Mattress story about scaling a hardware brand, and how to create an inexpensive yet powerful video to sell your new hardware invention. Now, on to the episode. Hey, Daniel, welcome to the show. Hey, Kevin, it's good to be here. We're excited today to talk to you about scaling up a hardware brand. Now, you've worked with both large corporations and small corporations. Very notably, you worked with Purple Mattresses of the early days, getting them to literally hundreds of millions of dollars in sales from zero. So a phenomenal growth story there at Purple. But you also founded a company called Stoic Yeti with another partner that works with hardware startups and big Fortune 500 companies alike, getting them to grow their sales online, specifically direct to consumer using advertising to sell product. Before we get into all the details of the episode, give us a bit of your background. How did you get to the point where you're at Purple and then from Purple onto Stoic Yeti? Yeah, I started started years ago as a sports journalist. That's what I wanted to do is to cover sports and write about sports and go to games. Soon learned that that was a dead-end job for me, working weekends, not getting any money. But pretty soon I started doing some freelance work for marketing companies. I joined an internet marketing company called SEO.com where I learned a lot more about internet marketing and being able to apply the storytelling skills that I learned as a journalist to marketing products and, and do the digital marketing thing. I was in and out of uh, different companies and started my own thing, a content marketing company. In the summer of 2015, I came on to consult with, it wasn't a mattress brand yet, but it was a cushion brand that was licensing cushioning products. There was a couple founders that they were in their 70s and they wanted to have one last entrepreneurship hurrah before they ride up in the sunset. They had licensed this, this cushion technology to Dr. Scholl's, some other mattress brands too. And they had seen Casper and some of those companies kind of break away or, or carve a niche in delivering a mattress to someone's door to sell. And they wanted to get in that, in that game and use, use their technology to do that. So in 2015, it, before the name Purple was a name, I started working with them and, and helping them launch that brand. Long story short, the first year we did it, we launched it. We did did over 60 million in sales. A couple of years, it went to public. And yeah, that, that's the nutshell story. That's amazing. So two years going from no sales to 200 million in sales and then taking the company public. And you're Basically, with them for like the first few years of that journey. I was, I was there for the first out. four, four and a half years. Started getting a lot of other companies asking me how we did it and then launched my own thing with Chris, uh, my partner, Chris, who was the actual CMO of Purple at the same time. I directed all the growth. So all the ad side, all the ad spend side, putting money where you can make more money and, and grow. So there, there's a lot of growing pains when you grow that fast too, you know, good and bad from learning that, that experience is great to have. So you gotta be kind of lucky 
got to have a right product at the right time. And then you got to have the right creative and the right data around it and know, know where to spend your money. That's amazing, Daniel. What a story. And let's dig into the details of the Purple Mattress yeah. story. They saw Casper. If you were a Casper mattress, this is about 2015, summer of 2015, I was pulled in and they wanted to basically copy what they were doing. Casper kind of opened the door for mattresses to be shipped straight to your door, to be able to buy a mattress online. Before that, nobody would buy online. They'd go to a mattress store and nobody thought they could buy a mattress online. People had to try it first is what you thought. So, but they kind of opened that door and stop there for a minute. If you're developing a product, this is a good example of sometimes it takes someone else being a snowplow, like a Casper was, they pay a lot of money to create awareness that you could do something different. Um, yeah, that's what, actually a pretty important thing there. Just as a side note, that a lot of entrepreneurs and startups are afraid <laughs> of competition and they look at a particular industry or whatever else and they say, oh, you know what, they've kind of made my thing or is my thing really that much better or whatever else? And they're afraid of it. But pioneering an industry is, of course, it's a great way to open up sales channels, but it has its own cons as well. So don't be afraid of also competing in an industry for somebody who's paved the way and possibly already spent, like you said, all the money on opening that door, opening up that awareness in the customer's mind that this industry is important, that they should be looking at it. When I first heard about this, I thought it was a dumb idea, you know, itself until I started looking at like Casper and, and how well they did. Because the mattress industry is boring at the time. The mattress industry has boring ads. There's memory foam of Tempur-Pedic and some other brands, and it hasn't really changed much. And the thing that Casper did, they didn't create a new product. They created a new way of being able to buy it and ship it to your door and really create that awareness. Well, what Purple did is they had that cushion technology, like Dr. Scholl's. If you ever seen those ads, it's a grid type system, which if, if you lay on it, it gives where the pressure points are and supports where it's not. So if you lay on your shoulder, it cushions your shoulder, but then supports your back in a different way than any other technology does. They want to put that in the mattress and they had licensed it to just a couple other brands too in the past. So what they did is they basically were doing the Casper model with an upgraded product, right? And the Casper product still today is like no different than any other product out there. It's memory foam or it's it's latex or you know some kind of foams, but it's rolled up into a box and shipped to your door. And what this does is it's created a better mousetrap. So at first it was, this is kind of a dumb idea. Mattresses are boring. Casper paid the way. They're kind of a big gorilla, hardly going to beat them. But then as you, as you start seeing it, I start seeing the, the marketing and these brands are boring. It's like big branding. There's nothing innovative in the story. Nobody was selling it with video. So we developed this. And then the founders wanted to name it Purple. And at the time, they had a brand called My Comfort, but it was a sort of the gel sort of a material on top of the mattress. And in the development of it, and my partner, who's not here, his name is Chris. My partner was there as well. They wanted to slide that material underneath foam. And so Chris's idea was, let's put that material on top. Because if it's on top of the mattress, we can visually really show the difference of the mattress. Visually. If it's underneath, it's hidden. And you can't show the video. You can't show the technology. It's a very innovative, different thing. If you're launching a product, sometimes all you need to be is different when you're doing advertising. You're different than someone else. And if you're different than someone else, you have a way to say that you could be better fit for them, if that makes sense. With mattresses, almost everybody in some ways does not like their mattress. You wake up and if your shoulder hurts, you hate your mattress. You know, you wake up, your back hurts. And this is a problem. It's like, do you sleep? This is soft. This, you're not going to be in pain anymore. 
because we have this technology, you can see it. Okay. And the founders, they used to do something, these really bad home videos where they would get an egg and they'd sit on the egg or they'd lay on the egg on top of the mattress and it wouldn't break. And they were terrible made videos. So we took that idea because what you want to do if you have a product like this, where, you know, if there's inventors or whoever, if, if you have a product, you really want to be able to demonstrate a strong demonstration in video form for online. And that's going to be like the most powerful thing you can do. We took this egg break on the mattress idea and we hired a big video agency that did these big long form videos. And they've already had success in viral videos, Squatty Potty and some others with the Hummer Brothers. We decided to do a Kickstarter launch. What we want to do with Kickstarter, we wanted to validate a couple of things. Can you sell a mattress with video? That's kind of funny. That's a little bit you know, not taking ourselves too serious because every mattress ad out there took themselves very seriously, very serious, very pretty, you know, just talking about how great their mattress is and very commercial and boring, frankly. The whole industry was really boring. So we, we want to take this and, and change it quite a bit. We did a Kickstarter video showing it, made a funny video. It was low quality, funny video. And the Kickstarter sold and the guy that was funding it only funded if we had about 200 sales on a mattress on Kickstarter. And we did that. We did that in the first month. We sold that many and we validated that a funny video, a video showing the mattress is going to sell. And then we, we went to this bigger agency to, to create a, a bigger viral video for the launch of the brand. Little did we know though, that $200,000 about what, what we did in the Kickstarter, we started doing that in a day, a couple months later. We did the Kickstarter in October. It was October of 2015, launched the brand in January. And we went to the Harm Brothers. We hired a local comedian celebrity. So she had a little bit of a, a following. It's really good at kind of ad-libbing and the script. And this was a purple Gold, Goldilocks video. If you haven't seen that, go look it up. It got about 500 million views in that first year. Wow. A couple of years. So on YouTube and Facebook, this video starts off. This is going to be applicable to everything you sell online. You want to be able to sell in the first three seconds of a video, the hook. And so we wrote about 25 different intros to this video. And so we had the comedian, his name is Mallory. We had Mallory act all these and say all these different hooks. And then we tested them in, in YouTube just to see, put a few thousand dollars towards each one to really nail down what is the line that's going to keep people watching it and to have them buy, right? The line that won was, if you watch it, she's up, she's dressed as Goldilocks. And she says, what's a super easy way to know if your mattress is awful? And, and then it goes, the raw egg test. And then we have this big piece of glass with eggs smashing on these mattresses. And they're breaking on every mattress, right? And it goes to the purple mattress, they don't break. This is like a thousand pounds pushing down these, these mattresses, right? So it's a clear, like really good demonstration. And it's really quick. It's this hook of like, how do you know if your mattress is awful? And that makes your brain think, oh, is my mattress awful? People don't buy a mattress every year. They buy a mattress maybe seven to 10 years. Like they'll switch out their mattress. But what this did was it made people aware that their mattress doesn't have to hurt your back. What you need to do in marketing is you need to make people solution aware, problem aware. Like some people might not know that having a, or a sore shoulder or a sore back is actually a problem on your mattress. They might just think that's normal. So you're making a problem aware. How do you know if your mattress is awful? Is like making you aware of a problem. And then it's like, here's a solution, the right test. And you show all these eggs smashing it. And then you show the egg not breaking on a mattress. 
And then it goes into how that's going to protect your, your joints or your shoulder or your back, you know, your back pain. Anyway, so we went through that process. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. So basically, if I'm to put this into summary, the first thing you did is you looked at an established company that had broken through the market vertical. They've created essentially a new market. You realized it was successful. You had better technology or a better way of building that product. So step that's one right. was yep. slightly better product of an already established, already proven model that had been done before. Then what you wanted to do is elevate that by figuring out not just how to be better than the competitor, but then testing ads via crowdfunding. You did it in the early phases, just low budget, yep. simple stuff, tested some ads to see if your theory would work. You've got a better right. product and you've got a new way of selling. Tested price and messaging, you know, the type of video. So you want to make a better product, but you also want to make a better ad. You know, you want to be able to communicate that value better than anybody else is doing. Well, that's what I find amazing too, is that once you validated in a small way in crowdfunding, you then did basically another round of validation where you said, okay, let's try a number of different hooks for this video. First of yep. all, that three second rule, I love it, right? Within three seconds, you have to captivate the audience. You've got the audience hooked now, show them the problem and then identify the solution, which is your product. That's right. You try yep. different versions of that in a very small way in each of those to really hone down what was the marketing message that worked both to hook them and to sell them. And that creates really great scale. So you're not just looking at testing by a small group in the beginning or friends and family saying, hey, how do you think this will work? You're doing that A, with the market via crowdfunding, then B, you're doing it with a larger segment of the market based on something that you've proven. It's almost like in product development, when you're trying to really perfect a key new innovation or technology, you're looking to theorize what will work, test it, tweak and refine it until you really nail it. And that's what and, we did both on the product side, but then subsequently on the marketing and advertising side to really find scale. And the marketing advertising side, you have to keep tweaking it forever, honestly. What you want to do, and this could be conversation, but you never want to stop doing that. Like you're always wanting to try to beat what is performing. You always want to knock that king off the hill constantly. One thing that really helped this business though, people that know the brand know Goldilocks you know, pretty well. And they think that's the Goldilocks video is really what catapulted this brand. And in many ways it did. But after the Kickstarter video, there was a couple of foundational things that had to happen to make this work. When people see a video, and I'll ask you, Kevin, too, this question for you. If you see an ad for product, what is your next step? You're going to Google it. You're going to Google it every time. So what we did is those Kickstarter customers, we gave them gift cards. You can't do some of this stuff anymore, but we gave them gift cards to go and leave Amazon reviews. We established the Amazon review. We also went to some blogs, some affiliates. There was a site called Sleepopolis at the time that did a lot of mattress reviews, some review sites. We gave them affiliate number, affiliate code, and asked them to write a Casper versus Purple review. We sent them a mattress. We asked them to write a, write a review. And that one review was accountable for like 20% of sales right off the bat. That's the first thing people clicked on. They go purple mattress review. They do purple versus Casper. You know, they look at competitors and that thing comes up in search. So you have to have those type of foundational things to make a quote viral video work. Because if you're not there on the Google side, if you don't have reviews, it's going to be a lot harder to make it work. Well, the nice thing about a hardware startup too, is you can personally reach out to each of your first customers. If you sell 200 units, there's no totally. reason as a founder that you can't reach out to all 200 of those customers, find out who's a raving fan, 
and ask them to help support your product. The reason that they've bought into your product, or at least a big part of the reason in the early days, isn't just the product itself. It's because they believe in you as an inventor. Most mm-hmm. of the time, especially if it's Kickstarter, right. they're buying this with the risk that they know it may not work out. It may not be what they think it is. So just imagine how excited they are when they take a shot on you. They take a gamble on you and say, okay, I'm going to buy this new company's product. I like the product. I like the inventor. I like the story. Whatever else, it's a whole mix of things usually. They place the purchase, they get the product, and they like it. Mm-hmm. That's a raving fan. Yeah, even totally. those who aren't raving fans, I mean, that's great opportunity for feedback as well. So listen to those people who are upset. Figure out why they're upset, and that'll help you forge the product or the sales or whatever else going forward. But really, it's easy as a hardware startup to get in front of a lot of people quickly in your early sales because the number is just so small. Totally. And and what I do to di- a little bit differently today is I would also ask them to send in some of their own video from their cell phone. Today, one thing that I would do differently today in the launch is I would want this user-generated content, a lot of it, to make for ads. So if I redo it today, that's what I would do as well. They do not pay attention to the brands telling their own story today. It's way more powerful to have customers tell the brand story. And so right now, what I would do is I would get as many of the user-generated content from these customers as possible. That's what I do today. And there are about 130 touch points before someone buys a product, meaning they see an ad, they Google it, they look at a review site, they go to Amazon, they go to somewhere else, they look at reviews, they ask their friends on social media. That ad for awareness is key to make them aware, but you have to have all those other things in place. I'm not going to buy. Another thing to, to think about is, especially a product that's a little more expensive, like a mattress, maybe it's furniture, maybe it's like an e-bike. You know, if you're in the thousand dollar plus range, there's a lot of people that need to talk to someone to answer a question. And one thing you need to do is list down what are all the objections to buying this product? What are all the objections people have to buying a product? Make sure you are listing those all over your website, that you're in your ad, we're working with the company right now. Companies were asking for help on having the same kind of experience. So now we work with different brands now. We have a brand that sells trampolines. They do in-ground trampolines where you dig a hole and you put the trampoline in the ground. And so people are worried about it filling up with water or getting snakes in their hole. And so we're making that right now, but like, you know, myths, common myths. Right? And we're answering those questions in the ad. If you think about a Late night infomercial, just the structure of that ad, it's the same thing. It's problem, it's solution, and it's giving more reasons to believe in the product. It's answering those questions throughout it. But you got to make that long form infomercial into a short TikTok ad today, into a short Instagram ad today in like 10 seconds sometimes, right? I really appreciate how you mentioned the kind of problem, solution, reasons to buy in, but also objections. If you look at that format, I mean, that format's been around for 100 years, arguably forever, right? So that's that's something that you just have to distill into today's modern methods. And one of the best ways is A, to make sure that you're structuring it correctly, and B, make sure that you're doing the testing. Like you say, you should forever be tweaking and refining. The biggest ad companies in the world, you look at Pepsi ads, and they're constantly tweaking and refining their messaging, trying to find whatever is the latest and most effective way to engage new customers, right? So as a hardware startup, the nice thing is you can do it cheaper and easier and more nimbly than a big corporation can, especially in the beginning. When you're only spending a little bit, you could try small things and people are more lenient as well, right? You can try 
more basic videos as you did with purple. You started with a more basic video and then you continued to increase the actual cost of production of those videos as it evolved, as you got more and more knowledge as to really what was working and what was not working. So you're spending more money, but more efficiently over time. And most people are not going to be able to afford that big video we did with Harmon Brothers. I mean, that was a $500,000 video. But we also, at the same time, we hired a video guy who was really talented, but he was he was much cheaper. And we did $10,000 for 10 videos. And these videos were very cheap. And some of them looked lower quality. He had like a toy Hulk bouncing on. It was, it was very childish in some ways. But one of those videos outperformed the big Goldilocks video as far as a return on ad spend and a cost to acquire a customer on YouTube. And it had 40 million views and it cost a thousand dollars to make it. Sometimes it helps to do a big budget video, but especially today, you don't need to today. If I were to do this again, I would just start off with user-generated content. I would get employees. I would get founders. I would get them talking in the cell phone. You know, I'd be pushing those and testing all those different messaging points with uh, user-generated content first, because that's what I found most successful today. Like you, you can be cheaper today. And, you know, brand people hate it. A lot of what we do right now is we generate a lot of UGC. We have a big network now of hundreds of people that they're creators online. So they know how to create content for Instagram. They know how to create content for Reels and for TikTok. And it's way cheaper than going and hire a big big production company to make an ad. Brand people don't like it, though, because it doesn't look as pretty. It's grainy and it doesn't someone's face is too close to the camera or they don't have the right colors or whatever. To us, though, it's like we don't care about the branding. To us, if it sells... If it sells product, move product and make money, that's a good brand to us. But that, that's how I do it today. I think that, that's actually good news for people that are creating their own product is, is you can make a video of yourself. You can get videos of your employees. You can get a video of your, of your significant other. We have one client. That's what they do. They go with their employees and they go with their spouses or and they make videos themselves. And some of those crush. Some of them don't do well, but you need a lot of them. That's amazing. Something that any hardware founder can do. Anybody can that, do this. That's that's the Anyone beauty. Do this. It's, it's authentic and the threshold for quality isn't nearly as high yeah. as advertising used to be. And the customers want this because it comes back to that authentic being that somebody's totally. buying not just your product, but buying into the brand vision that you are mm-hmm. portraying as the founder. And your job isn't to appeal to everybody like maybe a Pepsi or a Coke is going to try and do. Your job is to appeal to that small piece of the market that your invention attracts. That that branding that you portray, the way that you see it, the way that you envision it in the world, finding the same tribe of people who are looking for that very same thing. And yep. what better way to do it than to be authentic with your messaging? Totally. And there's a client we worked with called Your Super. They're a supplement company. They sell superfoods in powder form. And they have a really compelling story. And most of their content that worked was actually just the founders talking about their story. We ran those ads and we tried their ads and, and never beat the founders telling their story. They had an interesting story about why they started it. Crystal, her boyfriend, Michael had cancer and they overcame cancer. He, she started giving like getting greens and whatever, and giving her him kind of a diet of, of these superfoods. And they're not claiming that cured his cancer. He, he overcame his cancer, but then she developed those same mixtures into some powder forms and started selling them out of her, out of her garage. And they started telling the story of like, this is our story. This is why we made it. Here's you know healthy superfoods that are for you in powder form, easy to take. And they're so engaging, just those two people, you know, in their video. And I just kept saying, let's go back and make, you need to make more videos. You need to go in the kitchen and cook and talk about why you're putting these together and talk about your blends you make. And it was all them. Like it was all cheap video they made that really worked for them. Their best year was probably $80 million. They crushed it. So and it's just them. 
But. That's amazing. Daniel, if folks want to learn more about your agency, uh, Stoic Yeti, and what you guys do to work with hardware startups and emerging brands, what's the website and uh, how can they reach out? And of course, as always, I will put all the links below in the show notes for anyone to click through. Yeah, we work with startups. We work with a lot of startups. We also work with Fortune 500 companies. It's a very different approach for both kind of companies. So, uh, but we kind of come in the startup world. So it's very exciting for us to do that too. But we also scale brands, you know, over 500 million at the same time. So our, our website is stoic, S-T-O-I-C, Yeti. We like stoicism and we like Bigfoot. So we went with stoic Yeti. That's kind of cool. That, that's why we're named. Stoic Yeti. You can reach me at Dan at Stoic Yeti. Happy to answer any questions. We do ads. We do a lot of user-generated content. We do ad spend across all platforms. And we do a big data analysis around it. You have to know what is working, what's not working. No matter how good your creative is and your messaging is, you got to know the data around to make it work. We do a lot of data analysis with the Power BI with our clients. So we know where we're spending, we should be spending money. And we want to make great creative and, and make sales. Dan, much appreciated for all your words of wisdom today. Thanks for helping out uh, emerging startup brands uh, get off the ground through digital advertising. Looking forward to talking to you soon. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Product Startup Podcast. If you found some value in the show, please do us a huge favor and leave us a quick five-star review. If you have any questions, guest suggestions, or anything else, feel free to reach out to us anytime at our email, podcast at macodesign.com. That's podcast at macodesign.com. This show is hosted by Kevin Macko, North America's leading expert on product development for physical product startups. Huge thanks to our sponsors, PTC, and their two best-in-class 3D CAD product development software solutions, Onshape and Creo, and Macodesign. Design and Invent, the original firm providing world-class consumer product development services tailored specifically to startups, small manufacturers, and inventors. Thanks for joining and see you next time.